0: But tomorrow can be bigger. Yeah. Just grow, let the word overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself.
1: Welcome to Live Big with Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teachings at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Let's get into today's message.
0: Let's pray. Father, open eyes today, illuminate hearts We honor you for your presence. I thank you that there's really no distance in the spirit that your presence is as real wherever each person is, whether they're using their iPhone, their computer, or television set. Father, I pray you manifest your presence and everyone gets a sense of you and gets a sense of the authority that's in your word today as we lean in and and learn more about you. We give you the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Once again, I want to salute everyone for participating in such a big way last week. Uh, It's not too late to be a part, but church, we are getting it done. I don't want anyone on the sidelines. Let's everyone get on the field, get involved, and we're going to continue to move this ball forward. We're going to be today in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28. And Isaiah says here, have you not known? Have you not heard? Last week, we talked about God's God's omniscience. Uh, Omniscience is a $100 word that that simply means that God uh, knows all things at all times. Uh, God doesn't even need to think about things. He is already fully aware. He just knows everything all the time. If you multiply uh, the power and speed of the fastest supercomputers uh, in the world today by the highest number we know, it would still be laughable compared to the mind of God. God says this, have you not known? Have you not heard? So why does God ask questions if he knows everything? In Genesis three and nine, God asked Adam, where are you? In uh, four and nine, he asked Abel, where is your brother? In Exodus four two, he asked Moses, what is that in your hand? And Isaiah 6 and 8, he said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? In Job 38 and verse 4, he asked Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? In 1 Kings 19, 19, he asked Elijah, what are you doing? Here And in the New Testament, Jesus asked, who touched me? How many loaves do you have? Why are you sleeping? Women, where are they? Uh, who do men say that I am? Uh, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? You see, God doesn't ask questions because he doesn't know the answer, but because he wants us to know the answer. He says, have you not known? Have you not Heard. After all the Bible study, all the church services, all the scriptures you hung up on your refrigerator, you still don't know. After all the miracles, you know you ought to be dead. You know that you should not have come out of that hospital. You 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 know that you could be in prison right now in this moment. You know you could have got caught. You know, matter of fact, what 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 you almost went through with. But God, have you not? Known. Have you not heard? Don't misconstrue God's silence. You know, God knows more than you've ever heard. He, he knows more than has ever been said and notices more than you ever realize. He says, Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God? Do you realize who we're talking about here? We're talking about the Lord, Yahweh, or Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Ten Plagues and the Red Sea, the, the God that made the sun stand still for, for Joshua, uh, the, the God that, that raised the, the, the widow Zarephath's son, the God who made Abraham rich, Isaac happy, and Jacob a prince. God, God's written history of doing wonders in the lives of common men and wonders. This is the God that, that again, not an abstraction, but a God with a written history of impacting lives, not only in the Bible, actually, there are millions of books written about what God has done in the lives of those who call on that name above every name. Then it says, the creator, the Uh, Elohim, the shaper designer, the Creator of the ends of the earth, nothing is that he did not create. Nothing, nothing, no thing in the universe exists that did not come into fashion or form because of God. And there will never be anything created that's not part of God's purposes or part of God's plan. There's no place in heaven too high. There's there's, there's no place in hell too deep for God to bend. God can't create a stone too big for him to lift, and, and the devil can't create a problem too big for God to solve. The creator of the ends of the earth. We're not just talking uh, uh, about uh, some imaginary being. We're talking about, you know, the one that everyone, I don't care who you are, you got to ask, where did all this come from? How did start get started? He is the creator. He is the creator of the ends of the earth, and he neither faints nor is weary and what he's saying here is God is not tired God cannot get fatigued God is is not worn out handling our circumstances and 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 attending to our affairs he is never disinterested in even iota of what happens in each of our lives he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother he is a very present help in trouble this is the God that we're talking about His understanding is unsearchable. If you could skydive from one side of God's mind to the other side, you would fall for all eternity. He gives power to the weak. God never suffers a setback, but he does strengthen those who do. And to those who have no might, those of us that feel like uh, giving up, those of us that are at wit's end, those of us that are right up to here, if we come to him, watch what he does. He increases strength. Now, I've been at the end of my rope so many times that it's actually embarrassing to talk about it, but he always, every single time, meets me there. When I'm weak, he is strong. When I can't take it anymore, God can. When I can't do it anymore, God does. I'm a living testimony. God will make a way when there is absolutely no other way. Even the youths shall faint and be Weary. So these are, are are young people, even in the prime of of their lives, and he's saying, you know, even young people with all that's going on in the world today, they're going to get tired, and they are going to 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 struggle. And we all get tired sometimes. And these young men, and the young men shall utterly what. Fall Now, there's two different words translated. One is youth, the other is translated young men. So this is a different word that's translated young men here. And uh, it not only means young people in the prime of their lives, but it means the very best of young people. So this... Is the young person that not only made the high school team? Uh, this is the person that was, you know, got a scholarship to play in college. This is not just the person that won, you know, the the local uh, spelling bee, but this is the one who won the the statewide and and went to nationals. Uh, uh, this is not, you know, just the the typical average Joe Blow. The, these are the exceptional. These are the very very best. Uh, uh, of young people, and it's saying that, you know what, uh, even they get get weary, even they get tired, and even these young people shall utterly fall, and we will all have moments when we cannot do it anymore, moments where, uh, you know, we no longer make the cut. We, we will all have uh, disappointments and and the rest, but God's about to give us directions to help us stay uh, for forever young and, 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 and evergreen in each of our our lives, so you know how does the preacher make the next message or next sermon as good as the the, the, the last one? how does the singer uh, make a new album as good as the the, the album that that, that launched that particular singer how, how does the, the the husband and wife you know after being married thirty years how how do they keep it as fresh you know as the first Year. Uh, man, man, you know, uh, singles, you know, uh, how do you deal with that same problem uh, every day over and over and over and over and over and over again? This next verse tells us, but, but God, but those who wait on the Lord. Now, one commentator, now I'm not an expert in any language, I have a tough time with English, so I have to go to the authorities on these things. But one commenter, commenter uh, writes uh, that the term "wait" literally means to exchange. So, and, and I, I get the imagery in the Hebrew uh, mind and why they use this word because really waiting is uh, us exchanging time for the thing that we're that has been promised or the thing that we are waiting for. So, waiting is an exchange. Is again a change uh, of time for for what we. One, and typically we will only wait for things that are worth it. And daughter, by the way, if he cannot wait, he is telling you something. But those who wait on the Lord, life can be crushing. Life can be exhausting. Life can be humiliating, frustrating. Even the strongest among us must learn. To make this exchange that uh, Isaiah is prophetically speaking of. And this, actually, the new, the, 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 the scholars now call it uh, uh, on, on this side of the covenant, in the new covenant, they call it the great exchange. So, you know, I really don't have anything to offer to God of any value. Um, If I disappeared from the universe, the universe would keep going on and the earth would keep spinning and stuff will keep happening. But what's amazing is how much God loves us and how committed he is to us. So this great exchange is not me being super important. And because exchange is not me being super important and because I am so important, I merit God's attention. No, uh, this great exchange is me bringing to God my sin and him in exchange giving me his righteousness. I bring to him my weaknesses and he brings to me his strength. I bring to him my confusion. He brings to me his peace. You see, God loves us so much that that he he doesn't mind getting the short end of the stick as long as we would come. But those who wait, those who believe it's still worth it, those that believe it's worth hanging on, no matter what God is doing, he is worth the wait, He's worth the prayer, he's worth the honesty. And a lot of us we get real churchy when we talk to God, but we need to be honest. He's worthy of study, he's worthy of our faith, he's worthy of our worship, he's worthy of complete devotion. But those who wait, I'm trying to finish the sentence here, on the Lord, here's the result. If you really believe God's worth it and you hang on and get to the other side of your way, you will see the powerful hand of God. But those who wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their so if we abide in him, let his word abide in us, God will give us what? Fresh strength. God will renew, it. there'll be a freshness about our life. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's like when you're running, you get that second wind, you know, if you were struggling for a moment, but that second wind cuts in, kicks in, and you have that stride, and you can't quite explain it. But those who think God's worth it, think God's plan is worth it, think God's process is worth it, if they would just just hang in there, keep doing the things that God's called them to do and told them to do, those people and those people only, not everybody. And just because you come to church doesn't mean this promise is for you. It's for those who wait on the Lord, those that see value in God's promise, in God's plan. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. Now, what he's doing here is now describing um, the the renewing of the strength. He says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. So why does God use the example here of an an eagle? Because an eagle is unlike uh, uh, most birds. When the winds and rains uh, begin to come, and, and animals just have a sense about that th- these things. The eagle is the only bird that, 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 that goes ahead to, to beat the rain and soar above the clouds. You see, the eagle does not escape the storm. It uses the wind of the storm to simply take it higher. I want you to watch this. They shall mount up with wings like not not like a, a, a butterfly not not on wings like a hummingbird I'm gonna talk about that in a moment not not on wings like a robin but they shall mount up on wings like one bird like eagles now notice in the video you just saw how effortlessly the eagle flies all the eagle did in that video was position himself he just positioned his wings. And matter of fact, if you just heard what I said, you offer a great big amen here. See, when God asks us to do something, he's only asking us so that we can position ourselves so he can do the rest. So when we step out in faith, all we're doing is stretching out our wings. All we're doing is positioning ourselves for the wind of God to, to, to take us uh, to, to the place we need to go. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Now Noah positioned himself, mounted his wings. How did he do it? Well he he, he did it by building the ark. And every time we obey God, we, we step into faith, we trust the Lord, we are literally positioning ourselves to overcome whatever we're about to face or whatever is ahead of us. Moses, in order to position himself, he positioned the staff over the Red Sea. God said, position, you know, put the staff, stretch out your staff, position the staff and the miracle came. Elisha positioned his body over the body of the dead boy. And guess what happened? The the boy came back to life. Naaman positioned himself in the Jordan River where the prophet told him to go and he was healed of leprosy. If an airplane is built properly and placed or positioned at the right speed, it will fly every single time. But the plane has to get into the right position in order for it to fly. And all I do each Sunday is use the word of God to help you get into a position to receive that which God has for you it says they shall mount up, speaking of those that wait on the lord here 's what 's going to happen: those that believe what God promised is worth waiting for, worth waiting for, worth waiting for, worth waiting for, those who believe God is worth waiting for, not everybody, but those who believe that you know what if it, if God said it, you know it will be worth it. they shall mount up on wings like eagles now a hummingbird. Flaps its wings uh, about 70 times per second. Now that's a whole lot of flapping. But they only travel 25 to 30 miles an hour. And they only travel about 500 feet high. But if a golden eagle mounts his wings, she can fly... Uh, 150 miles per hour, and, and I think an American eagle could fly about 100 miles per hour, but the golden eagle could reach heights of 10,000 feet, meaning, you know, pilots will, will, will actually look up and, and see golden eagles. It says, they shall, those that wait on the Lord, mount up with wings, not like hummingbirds, not like butterflies, like eagles. And many of us are still living in the hummingbird. Stage. We flap and flap and flap and flap. We're tired. We're exhausted. We're sweating trying to get to where we're going and we're moving oh so slowly. But God is saying, if you would wait on me, if you would trust me, if you would have some expectancy, if you know that I'm a good God and and he who promised is faithful, you can move into the eagle phase and fly higher and fly faster. But you can't soar like an eagle. If you keep surrounding yourself with all these turkeys and you got to get out of your your, your turkey church and your turkey friends and and just your turkey environment. If you want to soar with the eagles, he says they shall mount up, mounting up all that is for the eagle is stretching out those wings. And what God is saying, just stretch out and trust me. I know you don't get it. I know you don't quite understand it. But, you know, the eagle does not understand aerodynamics, doesn't understand everything about flight. It just does what it does. And God is saying, if you would just trust me, if you would just position yourself, do what my word says in that area of your life. Watch what I do. A wind will come and what's going to happen. What, what looks like it ought to be a problem in the crisis. Actually, I'm going to use that crisis to shoot you above the crisis. And you are going to look down on the situation with a totally complete perspective. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not even young people get weary but those that 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 have been touched by God those that have waited on the Lord and, and God heard their, their their cry and and responds to to your faith they will run and not be what weary when we take um the the, the right positions or, or what we when we do what it takes to get into position spiritually financially mentally emotionally relationally it's amazing how much easier it is for us to move Forward, And what will begin to happen is you will start making the impossible look easy. You know, the, the, the result of being really, really good at something is the ability to make it look easy. This may sound self-serving, but I don't mean it this way. But, uh, you know, I've been criticized, you know, saying, well, you make it look so easy. And people have no idea what it takes to, to minister week in, week out. Uh, several times a week with all the responsibilities and the, all just all the stuff that goes on. Not only the responsibilities, you're dealing with people and issues and problems. And, and then you got yourself and the rest. And uh, uh, sometimes people are like, well, it, it must be easy because it looks, no, it's not easy. But I have a strength. I know where my help comes from. I tap into a source bigger than myself. Sometimes I don't feel like I can do it. But it's amazing how he makes me able to do it when I lean on him and trust in him. And he's no different for you than he is for me. Now, this is what I do. But what about what you do? God can help you do whatever it is you do and do it so well that you almost do it effortlessly where it looks like it is Easy, And no one would even believe the struggle because there's so much grace in your life. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. And unlike the youth, the people only with natural power. You see, the, the young man that they was speaking of earlier in the youth, these were people with natural power. But he's talking about those who wait on the Lord are going to receive supernatural power. So those of us that wait will run, not be weary. We will walk and not faint, if we would just do whatever God wants us to do, or has called us to do, or this word tells us to do, to simply position ourselves, if we would just get ready, get ready, get ready, get get ready, if we would just, you know what, step out in faith, Lord, in this area, I'm gonna stretch out. Lord, in this area i'm a stretch. i'm going to cut off some of those friends i'm am I'm am I'm going to change uh, some some of my habits here god i'm i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to stretch out financially lord i'm i'm going to stretch out emotionally you know what i'm going to forgive that person i'm gonna, i'm going to let them go and i'm going to stretch and, and it's amazing what god do, does when we would just stretch out. It's, it's not really the ego exerting energy that causes it to fly it simply uses the currents of the wind and, and uses it to shoot above the cloud. And what God is saying is I want to give you grace where you're not flapping away and trying to make it happen, trying to make it work and just trying to do it. You're just exhausted and tired saying, listen, if you step out in faith and, and, and stop, you know, doing half of what I told you to do, just doing a quarter of what I told you to do. Listen to me only sometime, you know, every now and then. But if you would just stretch out in this thing, I will shoot you above the storm and you will be like no other bird. No other person out there. If God is at work, he is worth the wait. And I know in my life, I've at times, my arms got tired waiting for the wind. And, uh, you know, I'm just holding it like, Lord, now I did what you said. Uh, Lord, you know, I'm getting a little tired of this right right here. But it's amazing, not only does He give me power to stretch out my wings, He gives me the strength to keep them up as long as I have to. When I want to encourage you today, as long as it takes, I, I can't guarantee that's going to happen in five minutes, ten minutes, ten days. But what I do know, if you obey Him, He will give you the strength to believe, He'll give you the strength to hold on. If you trust Him, He will keep you, and eventually you will shoot up above that thing that was designed to destroy you and sink you. So before I go today, if there's anyone listening, you want to, to experience that great exchange where you, can, where you can give God your sins and He can give you His righteousness. Bring to Him your confusion so you could receive His peace.
1: This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at GraceChurchVA.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at GraceChurchVA or on our website at GraceChurchVA.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big.